Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you all here. Hey, um, one, there's a lot of benefits to being the lead pastor, but one of those benefits is that I get to go to every newcomer's lunch. So I'm just telling you, you all get to go once, I get to go every time. So I'm excited about that. So again, if you're new, please join us for lunch this afternoon. Um, so three years ago, next month on May 20th, we started Lighthouse Vineyard Church, which is kind of exciting for me. Um, I wanted to give you a little bit of history on that, though. It wasn't super easy to start the church. One of the most difficult things that we had we, was that there were about 100 people that wanted to start the church with us, and we needed to find a place for those 100 people to meet. Um, so I started calling people, started call, talking to realtors, I started talking to friends of mine, stopping by buildings, and nobody wanted to rent their space to us. It was getting pretty difficult. And so... I'm like, okay, Lord, you called us to start this church. We got about 100 people that want to meet with us, and they don't all fit in our house. So, God, you're going to have to help us out. So we prayed. Our leadership team spent some time in prayer. And, uh, and what kept coming up again and again was uh, Voice Ministries. It was a church that was meeting in Concord Mall. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to even consider that option. I was... Um, I wasn't a big fan of the mall. I mean, you guys been there? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so I wasn't a big fan of Concord Mall. I didn't like the idea of meeting on Sunday nights because they would be meeting on Sunday mornings. And honestly, I just didn't want to ask someone to borrow their space. You know, I just, I kind of felt bad doing that. And so, but nothing else came through for us. And finally, I remember I was at Oxbow Park and I was doing a prayer walk. I go there sometimes just to, talk to God. And so I'm walking and I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, you need to provide a space for us. You need to provide a space for us. And he said, have you been to Concord Mall? Have you, have you even looked at the space? I'm like, no, provide another space for us. I don't want to go there. And, <laughs> and so this is what I said to God. I said, all right, I'll go drive into the parking lot. <laughs> That's what I said. So I did. I, I left Oxbow, and I went over to uh, Concord Mall, and I pulled in the parking lot, and I said, are you happy? I'm here. It's like, you need to go inside and see the space. I'm like, I don't want to go inside and see the space. So I walked in anyway, and uh, first thing I saw was Enzo's Pizza. I thought, okay, it's not that bad of a space. It's got Enzo's Pizza. And so I was walking all the way over to where the space was at, and I pulled up in front of it, and you just kind of walked up in front of it. And as soon as I got in front of that space, I got a text message. And I pulled out my phone, and I looked. And it was someone who was going to be starting the church with us. And they said, have you considered voice ministries at Concord Mall? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm standing right here in front of it. Anyway, it was, it was God speaking to me. And honestly, what God was doing was God was providing a space for us. He was meeting our needs, even if it wasn't something that I wanted. Here's a couple of pictures for those of you that weren't there with us. This is how you knew it was us. We had this one banner. That's how you knew it was us in the mall. And the next picture, 
This is our name tag table. Guys, some of you remember that name tag table. And the next picture is what it looked like from the back of the auditorium. And then uh, this last picture, I like it because I, I can see Ben, John Michael, and Becca on stage, which was kind of fun, uh, my three kids. And then even Michael, I think, is here uh, worshiping with us. So it's kind of a fun picture for me. So we needed a space for 100 people and honestly, that space was really perfect for us. About six months later, uh, God provided this building so that we could come here on Sunday mornings. But I'll be honest with you, neither one of these two spaces were spaces that I wanted. I mean, I didn't think that this was the right place for us. But now, looking back, you know, three years later, I can say, oh yeah, God provided for me. He provided for us just the right space at just the right time. God is a provider for his children. He will come through with what we need when we need it. Every single time. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God will meet our needs. So, Today, if you're in a situation where you have some needs, you need God to provide. He needs to, you know, you need, you, you need some things financially. Maybe you need a new job. Uh, maybe you need a friend. Um, maybe you need something in your marriage. But let me just tell you, God is our provider, and we can trust in him to do that. And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, is God as our provider. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 22, if you want to turn there. We are continuing a series called Divine Identity, Knowing God by His Names. And my hope over the next several weeks is that as we study the names of God, we'll get to know Him and know His character a little bit better. Last week, we had a message titled Jehovah, the name God gave Himself, and it was our series introduction. And uh, if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. You can watch it on Facebook, or on our YouTube channel as well. But today, our scripture involves the Old Testament characters, Abraham and Sarah. And they needed God to provide. They needed a miracle from God. So Abraham was 99 years old, and Sarah was 90 years old, and they didn't have any children. And that was really difficult during those seasons because everything you had was passed down to your children, and children were considered a blessing from God. They would help you with the household, and if you were farming, with the farming, and all of those things. And so at 99 years old, Abraham's having a conversation with God, and he's saying, God, you know, you've really, really blessed me. I have all these things. I have all these cattle. I have all these servants, but I don't have any children. And so what, what good is it for me to have all these things when I'm only going to pass them down to my servants? I don't have any children. And so God says, I will provide for you. I'll provide a child for you. And he tells Abraham that his descendants, not just his children, but his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. At that time, Abraham's name was actually Abram which meant exalted father. Just think about that. His whole life, Abraham and Sarah, Abraham was called exalted father. 
and he didn't have any children from Sarah. But God changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, which means father of many. And that was really just to say, you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Well, God provides. God provided a child. Sarah became pregnant, and at 100 years old, Abraham has baby Isaac. And all is good in the Abraham and Sarah household until you get to chapter 22. And you'll understand here in just a little bit why. So chapter 22, starting with verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the, the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I go and the boy, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the knife and the fire. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So the words there, the Lord will provide, is the name of God, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, which is also translated as the Lord will see to it. As the Lord will see to it. He will come through. He will provide. So that's the, the name we're going to study today, which is Jehovah Jireh. That's our message title, God our provider. And I think there's a couple of keys from the scripture that will help us to see God as a provider in our lives. So let me pray, and then I'll give you guys a couple of things you can fill in on your handouts. So Father... We thank you that you provided for Abraham all those years ago. And God, we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you want to provide for us as well. You want to be our provider, our Jehovah Jireh. So Lord, I pray that you would um, just give us ears to hear from you today. Speak to us through your scripture. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have his way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, so if we want to see God as a, a provider in our lives, we can see that when we, number one, believe that he will. We first have to believe. We have to have faith. God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of many, that his descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But if he killed Isaac, he wouldn't have any descendants, right? I mean, so that was a really difficult thing. Not only was it his son, but it was also the fulfillment of his promise from God. It didn't make sense, but Abraham still trusted God. So much so, if you look at verse 3, it says that early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. The early and the next morning, it wasn't like Abraham was going to procrastinate a little while, maybe wait for God to change his mind. Maybe he needed to talk to Sarah about this for a little bit, you know, and try to convince her that this was the will of God. He doesn't even hesitate. He trusts God. The next morning, he gets up early and he sets off. Now, the book of Hebrews has a chapter called um, the faith chapter. It's chapter 11. And it lists all of the pillars of the faith uh, from thousands of years before. And one of them is Abraham. It actually talks about Abraham's faith. And it gives us a little insight as to what Abraham might have been thinking. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring, offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. See, Abraham, Abraham had so much faith that he believed God's promises were true. And so if he was going to slay his son, he just believed, well, God could raise him back to life. I mean, that's an incredible amount of faith. Faith is believing in what we cannot see. Believing in what we cannot see. It's choosing to believe the promises of God, even when our situations and our circumstances around us might say otherwise. So our Bibles are full of promises for us. Full of promises, ones that we can hang on to, ones that we can believe in. Here are just a few promises from God. Nothing can separate us from God's love. That's just a promise from God. In Romans 8, 38, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves us. His love is available to us 24-7. He's always there for us, and nothing can separate us from God's love. That's a promise that we can hang on to even when we don't feel it. Even when I'm like, oh, God, do you really love me? Yes. The answer is yes every single time, no matter what is happening in our lives. That's a promise that we can hang on to, but it takes faith to believe it takes faith to believe it. Here's another one. Everything will work out for good. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If you are a follower of God, if you love God, no matter what your situation, no matter what your circumstance, God will work it out for good. He will. 
Will he really work it out for good? Yes, he will, right? I mean, that's what Scripture said. Scripture is true. And if we are followers of Christ, if we love God, he will work it out for good. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to work it out for our good. Let's just keep that in mind, okay? He's going to work it out for good, for good of those around us, for good of his kingdom moving forward. But it may not feel like it's working out for our good. And it still might be working out for our good. But he's going to work it out for good. Every situation that we have in our lives. That's a promise we can hang on to. And then here's another one. God will provide for our basic needs. God will provide for our basic needs. There's a lot of scriptures that speak to this, but I like this one in Psalms chapter 34. It says, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When we seek God, he's going to take care of us, our basic needs. He's going to watch out for us. He takes care of his children. That's a truth, and we can hang on to it. It's a promise from God. So God had promised Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But then he told him to sacrifice his one offspring. God, I mean, Abraham just knew God's good on his word. I'm going to be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. And God came through. God provided for him. So that's the first one. Uh, we can all see God provide for us when we believe that he will. It takes, it takes faith. It takes faith right up front. Here's your second point. We can all see God provide for us when we don't hold anything back. God knew that Isaac was incredibly important to Abraham. Verse 2 says, Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. I mean, God knew. He, he was saying, This is your son. You love him. I know that. But take him and then let's sacrifice him on the mountain, I'll show you. That, in, that request was incredibly difficult for Abraham. I mean, just you can imagine it. And we can imagine how difficult it would have been for Sarah as well. Not having children for 90 years and then finally having a baby. God knew that Isaac was incredibly important. It wasn't one of many children. It was their only son. So why would God ask Abraham to give up his son? Why would he? If we look at, back at verse 1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. It was a test. God was testing Abraham to see, Hey, am I really the most important person in your life? Are you willing to give up the most important person in your family, for me? Are you willing to do this? See, our God is a jealous God. And if something is more important in our lives than God, he's going to talk to us about it. He's going to get involved because God's a jealous God. He doesn't want anything or anyone to be more important in our lives than what he is. Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God wants to be more important in our lives than anyone or anything. 
even our kids, even our spouses, even our parents, even our friends, even our jobs, our hobbies. God wants to be the most important person in our lives. And it's not unusual for God to say, hey, I don't feel like I'm number one here. I'm going to ask you to, to give up something in your life to make sure that I'm still there where I'm supposed to be. I, I'll give you a small example of that. So many years ago when I was working at the Vineyard Church in Mishawaka, one of my uh, responsibilities was to run the building projects. And it was kind of a fun uh, job at first, you know, to, to build new construction, do that kind of thing. And over time, I, I ran three different uh, phases of the building project. And the last phase of it was to build my new office. And it was really a nice office. It had a window looking out over the bypass and had room for a desk. And I was like, oh, I mean, a desk and a, and a table. And I was like, oh, I really love my office. This is really fun. And then God said, hey, now that, you, now that you've finished that building project, I want you to go and start this church over in Elkhart with no building, no office, no nothing, right? And, and I remember, you know, there's just it's like those times when you had that conversation with God, you know? And I remember that moment when I, I pulled up on a Sunday morning, parked my car where I usually park it on Sunday mornings, and I looked over, and it's across from my office, and I looked over at my office, and I said, really, God? I haven't even sat in that office for a year yet, and you're asking me to give it up. And he's like, yeah, I am. I got something better for you. And so, um, and so anyway, we started the church. I resigned my job there, gave up my office, Somebody else moved into it. It was really sad. Decorated it differently, and oh, it's awful. Anyway, so I um, started this job or this church, and and we're meeting on Sunday nights in a borrowed space, which means I don't have an office, right? And so my office is now in a coffee shop in the mornings, and then I go down to um, our spare bedroom. I threw up a table, and that was my office, you know, in the afternoons. And my wife. She really didn't like me being home ever, so, you know, so when I would come home, you know, at like noon, she's like, really, you're here? And I'm like, I can only drink so much coffee, you know, I just need, she's like, we need you to have an office. Um, so eventually, eventually we found this building, you know, God knew that we needed a space, and, and, I, and I toured through it, and I'm like, I don't know, it was it looked different than what it does now. I mean, just so you know, what were the walls were all yellow and there were pews and there's an organ and a piano. I mean, it was really different. But I, there was an office, and so anyway, <laughs> and so anyway, so I uh, Rose is like, we're taking this. You know, you it doesn't matter. No, it wasn't like that. But it, God did provide this for us, and now my office has two windows, and it's really nice. I really like my office, but God provided it, but. I had to be willing to give up something that was really important to me. And I, I know it might seem silly, like an office space, but it was kind of a big deal, kind of a big deal. And, and if I had hung on to that, man, we would have missed out on so many blessings. You know, we would have missed out on so many blessings. Guys, sometimes, sometimes we can hang on to things that we think are the most precious to us. 
and just hang on to them so tightly and go, no, God, I'll give you anything else, but I'm not going to give you this. I'm not going to give you control of this. It's too hard for me to let go of this. It might hurt too much. But let me just tell you, it's really hard for God to give us something new and better when our hands are closed, right? We got to be willing to open them up, to release what's in our hands, to allow God to place in our hands something better. But we can trust him in that. Here's your feeling. Letting go of what is in our hands will make room for something better. If God asks us to let go of something, he's always going to give us something better. We can trust him in it. So that's the second point. Don't hold anything back. And then here's the last point for today. We can all see God provide for us when we look for God's creative answer. Look for his creative answer. God doesn't always answer the way we want him to. Isn't that true? So, you know, the scripture in verse 11 just basically is where the angel is stopping Abraham from killing his son. And then he looks up and he sees a ram caught by its horns and he, and he offers the ram as sacrifice instead of his son Isaac. What's interesting to this, I, just, I caught this this time when I was reading it through, Isaac earlier had asked Abraham, hey, where's the, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. Do you know what God provided? A ram. That was different than a lamb, right? I mean, just, I'm just wondering, it's a small point, but I want us to see that. God provided an adequate sacrifice, but it was a little bit different than what Abraham had hoped for. Now, he was, he was hoping not to sacrifice his son, first of all, right? But he had said it's going to be a lamb. Abraham didn't go, oh, there's a ram, but I'm, I'm going to look for a lamb, right? He's like, no, he, he saw immediately, this is the answer to the prayer. This is God providing for me. Now, I'm going to read this story. You guys have probably heard this before, and it's kind of a silly story, um, but I think it proves a point. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. So let me just read it. It's called The Drowning Man. A fellow was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. He was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a rowboat came by and the fellow shouted to the man on the roof, jump in, I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by. The fellow in the motorboat shouted, hey, jump in. I can save you. To this, the stranded man said, no, thanks. I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. Then a helicopter came by, and the pilot shouted down, grab this rope, and I will lift you to safety. To this, the stranded man again replied, no, thanks. I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and the man drowned. He went to heaven. He finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown. I don't understand why. To this God replied, I sent you a rowboat and a motorboat and a helicopter. What more did you expect? So here's a question for us to consider. Has God already provided an acceptable solution 
to my situation. You know, sometimes, you know, we're in a trial. We're, things are going difficult. I mean, things are difficult. Things aren't going very well. And God says, hey, I got this space at Concord Mall. I'm like, no, no. I know you got, I want something else. I want something better. Or you're, you're like, you're needing a ride to work because your car's broke down. And your neighbor says, hey, I'll take you. You're like, no, no. I'll figure it out. I don't know about you, but so many times God provides the answer to my problem. It just doesn't look like what I want. For me, most of the time, God has to like, provide it like two or three times. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that might be the answer. For someone here today, I just really feel like God is impressing this. He has provided a person in your life, a friend that you've been looking for. And you're walking away from them. You're turning away from them, that person. And, and you're lonely. And God is saying, I, I'm providing for you. Receive what I have for you. Here's a promise that we can just believe in. It's your last fill-in. God knows what is best for me. It may not look the way that we want it to look. It may not be when we want it to happen. But God will always provide what we need because he knows what's best. And we can trust him. We can believe that. That's the third point. We can all see God provide for us when we look for God's creative answer. And honestly, I could tell you story after story after story. I'm going to invite Will to come up here. He's going to sing a song here. I'm going to turn ministry time over to Esther and the Beacon as well. And we're going to sing a song here um, called Sparrows. It's kind of a new song, but I think it applies. And I'm going to read the, the scripture that this song is based off of. From Matthew chapter 6, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more, more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, the sparrows. They do not, row, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they. We can trust that God will take care of us. Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. The sparrow's not worrying about tomorrow or the troubles to come The lily's not thinking about the seasons The drought or the flood The tree that's planted by the water Isn't phased by the fire So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me You take good care of me you know what I need before I even have 
ask a thing You hold me in your hands With a kindness that never ends I'm carried in your love No matter what the future brings You take good care of me The sun's not worrying about tomorrow Soon it will pass The light's not worrying about the darkness Or the shadow it casts A heart that's planted in forgiveness Doesn't dwell in the past So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me You take good care of me and you know what I need before I even ask a thing You hold me in your hands with the kindness that never ends I'm carried in your love no matter what the future brings You take good care of me In a second here, I'm going to pray a bold prayer. So I'm saying this because I'm asking you to be bold this morning. What I want to pray for is if you need God to provide. Right? God, first of all, I wrote this down. God wants to provide. He wouldn't have gave himself Jehovah Jireh. He didn't mean that. So he wants to provide for us this morning. And so I don't know what that means. I started writing down like, okay, God, give me, what are some things? Maybe you need God to provide in a relationship. Maybe you need God to provide in your physical being or your health. For me, he was speaking to me personally this morning that, that I need God to um, provide in deliverance. I need him to deliver me from some things. Maybe you need him to provide financially. That's the only list I could think of, but, but you know what you need God to provide for you this morning. And so the boldness comes is if you need God to provide in a second, not yet, but in a second, I'm going to ask you to come forward and we're going to pray a bold prayer that God will provide. And when you walk up here, when you have that boldness to walk up here, I want you to have faith. Just like Abraham, when he went up to the mountain, he had faith that God would provide. And God did. God provided him a ram, but even, even if God didn't provide a ram, he had faith that he was going to bring Isaac back to life. That was boldness and faith. The other thing that you, you need to have some boldness in is that, that, and Clint preached about this, that some things might change, and you have to be okay with that. That when God provides for us, he may be changing us. So I want you to think, do you need God to provide this morning?
moments or some area of your life that you're saying, God, I've been trying to do it on my own for so long, but I need you to provide for me this morning. If that is you, I want you to have boldness to walk up here. And then we're going to say a bold prayer together. So if you need that, come on up. And I'm going to step down here. I hope the microphone doesn't feedback because I'm in that as well. Here's what I'm going to do. The rest of you, would you stand? I'm going to pray, but will you pray with me on the behalf of everybody that's that's up here? So God, we come to you this morning. We come to you humbly. We come to you humbly from our hearts, God. I have a feeling for, for some of us up here, I know for me that, that I've been trying to provide on my own, provide for myself, and I can't. And so it's a, with a humble heart, but yet a bold heart, God, that we come to you and we say that we need you to provide. Whatever that is that's on our hearts this morning for these 15 or whatever people that are up here, God, you know what that is. So we just say, you provide for us. And God, if you are changing us this morning, we're okay with that. But God, you are Jehovah Jireh, the provider. You've given your name. And so we declare that this morning that you will provide for us. We, we eliminate any, any doubt this morning, God, that, um, that you can't. God, I've said a lot of, a lot of these prayers in the past and but then I go back to trying to do it on my own. But this morning, we declare, this group right now, we declare that we can't do it our own, that we need you. We need you either to take something away from us, God, or we need you to give us something. We need you to heal something. But we need you, and we declare this morning that we cannot do it without you. But more than anything, God, we declare that it is yours. We declare that that we have faith in you to provide for us. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you for this group coming up and, and, and being bold in your name. Not in our own names, but in the mighty name of Jesus. 
you will provide for us. And we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for praying for us, number one, but thank you also for um, coming. If you have any other prayer requests, we do have a prayer team that will pray for you. Um, Other than that, you are dismissed and we will see you next week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.